Are you ready to take your writing to the next level? Then welcome to the Book Editor Show. Join Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley each week as they teach you all the tips, tools, and techniques you need to move your book from manuscript to market. Visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books, and extras to make your old novel better than ever. Now, please welcome Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley. Welcome to the Book Editor Show. I'm uh, Clark Chamberlain, and um, this is... I've got my wrong notes up here. (laughs) This is... uh, (laughs) Uh, show number 30. Uh, we're continuing our series on editing core plots today, and we're going to be hitting the voyage and the return. Uh, we are taking these from Christopher Boker's book, The Seven Basic Plots, which you can find at your favorite bookstore or on Amazon. I'm Clark Chamberlain, and there is a magical door that is hidden from most of the world. And if you can find it, it will lead you into a realm of wonder and delight that happens to be ruled by the most benevolent man. He's my friend and co-host, Peter Turley. Peter, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm awesome. I um, I was thinking that just as I was um, getting ready earlier, I was like taking a shirt out of the wardrobe, and I kind of just gave a little prod to the back. But you know, it was it was all solid. Well, checking there was no audience in there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's there's <laughs> found the <laughs> <a> way. <laughs> no, and it, you know, it's really it's kind of fun to to think about those types of things. I actually was listening to a TED talk uh, this morning that was shared with me last year. That this guy talks about that, you know, and the the amazing thing with books and opening those magic doors and getting through things. So I'm kind of excited. I'm actually really excited to talk about this one today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, before we get started on the main topic, though, you got anything going on new? Um, just busy and really warm. <laughs> if, if there's any ambient, like sort of noise from outside comes across, you know, I'll close the window. But you know, it's it's getting it's getting stuffy over here. I think also a lot of it is like the cabin fever. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not the real world fever. It's um, yeah. I think I've probably left this room maybe a handful of times in the last seven to ten days <laughs> oh i so, know the feeling yeah you um you can really get lost in it can <laughs> you can you know and uh right now i've been pushing at a fever pace to try to make sure everything is set before i leave uh in just a couple of days for the rest of august and um yeah I've been in this room so much. I I'm, I just want to be done with it. You know, actually today when we get finished with ours, um, I will be complete. And I mean, there's some things I just finally had to say, you know, I don't have time to do it. And just, I got to cut it and move on. So <laughs> <laughs> it got, it got to the point before for me where I've spent so much time here and in this chair that even the squeaks of the chair were annoying me. And earlier today, <laughs> I had my chair upside down, oiling it. <laughs> I was like, right, I'm sorting these squeaks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm going a little insane. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, get outside, you know. I don't want you to be writing that book uh, <laughs> the, from The Shining. <laughs> but, yeah, you've had a busy day, haven't you? I know we were talking a little off air. You've um, sort of had a bit of a record-a-thon. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Um, I was up till two o'clock this morning and then I, I took a four hour cat nap and got back up at six and finished and it took me another three hours. But I got all of the shows uh, completed for The Right Life, which is my daily podcast. And all I did was I, I went down and wrote every date down, you know, and, and tried to come up with a story to tell from my life. And, uh, oh, man, it was tough. Like just moving from from story to story to story and 
and trying to to bring i was just exhausted and i'm sure i sounded exhausted in some of them because I, I was trying to smile and be upbeat and positive but man <laughs> i wanted to sleep <laughs> all the more reason to listen <laughs> get on yeah. over and listen to clark exhausted after uh, four hours sleep <laughs> yeah exactly it's uh, the exhaustion of uh, august exhaustion it's just going to be <laughs> it's going to be fun and those will start uh, i'll do one more live show tomorrow and then the rest of them are for the rest of the month they're all pre-recorded so it'll be something i'm just kind of want to listen but i'm away too so <laughs> yeah i uh well they'll still always be there but um you know it's one of those things where i'm going to cross the fingers that that all this technology works you know all this uh loading it up in a draft format and publishing it on a certain day that it works so i'm yeah. really nervous about that so because we've done it with the show haven't we but only ever for sort yeah. of like a week or like something like that like one schedule and you know you, you yeah. i know you've always been around to kind of make sure that it's it's gone up and things. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I'll have no way of knowing until um, until towards the very end of August. I'll still be in California, but at the very tail end of August, we come out of this area where we can use our phones again. And so that's that's going to be the first time I can even check to see if any of this has gone live. So, <laughs> so you're going on a voyage and you might return. Hey. Hey. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that that gone wrong. <laughs> Uh, exactly that it's all failed you know so um that and this this is this is all the voyage and return and uh definitely check out the book uh by christopher boker or booker um and this is a lot of fun because you know we're talking about you know things like alice in wonderland alice in wonderland and uh narnia and uh um going into the the wardrobe, you know, and in Oz and traveling over um, by balloon type of thing. We're, we're entering these cool worlds and all of these stories kind of end up being, uh, have the same thing. You know, you want to have a protagonist that's, that's leaving or that's living a, a, a mundane type of life and they get whisked away into a magical world um, where everything just seems really cool. And then until they see the dark underbelly of it. And then of course they usually get, right smack into the middle of face to face with some monster at some point that they have to triumph and then they return to normal life so maybe that'll all happen to me in august i will i'll let you know when i get back <laughs> <laughs> yeah they always um they always come crawling back these heroes don't they <laughs> <laughs> they do <laughs> but um you know this one is different though okay so when we were talking about um uh the last one i and i I'm, it's skipping my mind for a minute um what is the actual title from the the last one we just did? Oh, uh, the quest. The, last the quest. Yeah. Yes. So with the quest, when the when the person comes back, they have actually changed um, quite drastically. In this one, when they get back, life they want life to get back to normal. You know, like uh, yeah, they've had some changes inside, but it's not that drastic change that you're going to get out of the quest. You know, where the person has really been pushed to all kinds of limits that, you know, they didn't know were possible and, and maybe their whole outlook, outlook on life has changed. This one will have some change, but for the most part, they're excited to get back to a normal, regular life. Yeah, it's almost like, and it is quite prevalent in obviously like children's stories and it? it's, it's, it's quite uh, fit into a, to a children's book. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like, you know, the dream of this magic, magical land and then they get there. And, you know, it's not quite as magical as they thought. And uh -huh. they start to then see, you know, so it's kind of like in a moral sense, you know, shows you 
what was good about your original life and you know what you want to what you want to go back for and what you've got waiting for you and you know how you've how you've changed i know a, a good one um that i think fits this is uh, stardust um oh yeah daniel gaiman and you know he, he comes back at the end doesn't he? he's been to this magical land and you know had all these adventures and he doesn't want the girl that he wanted at the beginning of the story you know he's, he's learned something new and he comes back and, and everything's changed and um yeah i think um there's, there's definitely something there about it it not being what they, they thought it was going to be yeah exactly you know and, and then it has changed for him and and this is a really cool uh story uh model for the the plot you know that you can find this and um as i was going through this one and studying for this for the for the episode today um this was when i really really hit close on on my hank hudson book i was like oh this is hank hudson up until the very end you know that uh that the only thing that i change in the end is that things don't go completely back to normal, you know, and he doesn't open up a secret door to get into this world, but he is introduced to this whole world that's, that's out there and it's different and the monster and the darkness and everything. So, so it's got a lot of stuff that's going on um, that I was able to, to notice. So let's, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, so it, it, you know, it's, um, it is generally a magical world, but it, it can just be magical in sort of like a fantastical sense, kind of, you know, so a, a magical in that it was, unreachable before so you know i think unreachable is a you know maybe a good way to put it yeah and or that you know that there's there's this this um you're in your regular life and yet there's this other life going on that you didn't see before um i think one of the ones that would be a good example of this uh oh i can't think of the I had it and I can see it in my mind and now I can't, uh, can't come up with it. I apologize. This is what happens when you only have a couple <laughs> hours of sleep. <laughs> so um, it, it all spent out from the, yeah. uh, from the daily podcast, <laughs> from, 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 from a month's worth of daily podcast, um, uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles, that's what it's called. And oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that these kids are introduced to this other magical world that's really coexisting parallel to the world that they live in and they don't have to go through a, a door you know that this is happening at the same time and they just didn't know that this was what it was and so yeah those kinds of things are they're a lot of fun and that can certainly work with this kind of plot line as well yeah uh, um so this is what the structure you know and this is what booker puts together for the structure on this and there are, there are five parts in this one and i you know um i thought maybe they were all five parts say not all, not all of his plots are five parts um and this one has some differences as as well from the previous ones we've gone over so the first stage is the anticipation stage and this is where you get an introduction to the character and instead of starting off in, in the big um james bond type opening you know where you want this big thrilling scene to happen and then have things slow down this one actually slow is slow at the first because you want to introduce the a mundane character you know life isn't terrible life isn't you know it's maybe not perfect for them but it's not necessarily like that they're the living with the evil stepsisters type of idea the, sometimes their life is just boring and they want some adventure and they want some excitement and they want to be pulled into something different and that can be real possible for them there yeah that's interesting isn't it? how it's because you know, on, on the on the offset, some of these like do look really similar, and they are in many ways. Um, but yeah, this, as opposed to like a call, it's a fall, and you know, it can be you know they, they stumble into it, like either literally or you know metaphorically. Yeah. But it's kind of you know it just comes about really, you know, like the 
come across something magical or you know a magical place and it's it's more just almost by coincidence right exactly you know like um so for instance you know the whirlwind comes up and and takes dorothy with it or alice falls down the rabbit hole or the kids uh discover that there is in peter's closet uh, an extra door that leads them to a magical world (laughs) so um you know and for for hank hudson it's that his parents leave and so he's required to try to go after them and walks off you know and discovers this as he's going along in his journey so yeah exactly it's just quite accidental that a lot of times that this happens yeah but because it's sort of like they've come from like um a bit of a boring situation or you know some well <laughs> boring compared to the the new situation an ordinary situation yeah because they've come from that, that i think that's why we're like excited when they get there because it is you know and it, it kind of relates to our fantasies and we're like how cool would that be <laughs> if that actually yeah. happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, and this is where we come into the second part. You know, when we get into this initial uh, fascination with this new world, and it's a dream-like stage. You know, that's opening up, and it's just, especially in these magical places, and it's just all wonder and excitement and new things. But you notice that uh, one of the things that you'll notice right off the bat is that they're not completely accepting of it. You know, like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it's it's really exciting stuff but she's still kind of the outsider and isn't exactly ready to move in to the new place. And Dorothy wants to get home, you know, and like all these people are, are trying to figure this out and not necessarily like, yeah, they're excited about it and it's cool and it's wonderful, but it's not necessarily where they want to be exactly. Yeah. It can almost be, you know, you could almost make this stage a little scary, you know, sort of, cause it can be, a, you know, I don't know if, you know, and you ever been sort of in a new place on your own or something and you, you know you're a little lost and you don't know where you're going and you don't recognize anywhere and you know you can you feel so disconnected and uh-huh. especially you know if you literally don't know how you're going to get back because the magic portal's closed <laughs> and then it's it is going to be quite a quite scary because it's like this has actually happened <laughs> you know it's it's a dream situation but it's you're standing right there and you know you're you're on the elaborate road. <laughs> yeah. And you're not, you're not sure where to go. And, um, and although he doesn't mention it in this, I think you'll find it in most of them at this point of the story, you're going to end up introducing a character that helps navigate this situation that uh, your protagonist has found themselves in. You know, that, uh, you almost like have a, the, uh, like the, the, like the her or, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, what was, uh, it's not a centaur. Um, the, the, um, is it I can't, a fawn? Something. I can't think of what it is, but fawn, uh, it's fawn, the ones fawn. that are... Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they uh, they end up, you know, are there to help and explain this world in front of you. And that's, um, that's a very, I think, very uh, common thread that you see throughout all these stories. Yeah, it's almost like... Um, kind of like the mentor role in the hero's journey, isn't it? Um, uh-huh. Someone who's, you know, who's already walk that road you know and knows the road ahead and is gonna help out usually in the form of riddles and constantly (laughs) preparing key moments (laughs) or you know and and some of them are very approachable up front you know it makes it it brings a comfort level to the protagonist um i'm thinking of the the characters in the wizard of oz you know like the scarecrow you know he he's this 
a lovable, understandable character that goes along with this journey. You know, not necessarily any kind of any kind of courage or anything that can actually help <laughs> help the protagonist through the situation, besides just being a loyal friend and uh, a guide throughout the the world that they've entered. Yeah, it's like have you seen um, Labyrinth with um, with David yes. Bowie? Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, oh, I forget his name, but he's like the guide, isn't he? Is he like a, he's like a troll or something? He's some creature like that and he kind of like serves as her guide doesn't he and you know yeah. he's shown the way of he's got an ulterior motive but that is like a running theme isn't it having this this person there that kind of guides them through whether they lead them astray or lead them in the right direction but yeah <laughs> one way or the other they're gonna they're gonna be there with them um and yeah and it can be there and it certainly doesn't have to be 100 percent of the time but it's definitely um a good trope to to have you know, and you want because there's a cool feeling with giving the reader not a lot of information because it makes them turn the page, right? You know, they want to understand what the world is, but there are sometimes when you need someone that understands it to explain it to the reader, and that's a perfect job for this type of character. Yeah, it's it's just it's something you you want to make sure you've got in there in in some way or another you know whether it's someone that stays or someone that they meet when they first get there but it, it is a useful plot device uh-huh well you know and if we look at uh, alice in wonderland she moves through some different characters like this you know the, the rabbit starts but you know the cheshire cat and the the caterpillar and things and she's moving through these and she's having these little stops and learning more about the world so it can be very cool and this usually will then lead uh to the third stage uh, which is the frustration stage. And that's where the darkness really starts to seep in. And you're meeting the bad guy. You're meeting the queen of hearts. You're you're finding out the world is not as magical or, or is not as positively magical as you thought. It's not as good as you were hoping that there is something dark going on here in this world. Yeah, this is a stage that's like similar to the others. And also in the sense that, you know, it really is like a key feature that, to, to keep the story interesting, you know, you need this stage where the, the conflict comes in, you know, and it's not just exploring this, this fantasy world and everything's great and it's where they want it to be. And, you know, this, this is the, the part of the, the process that's going to keep people reading and it's going to, it's going to really pique the reader's interest. And when there's suddenly like a, an element of, of danger there or conflict. And I know this comes up in, in all the others, but it, you know, to reiterate it's cause it really needs to be, <laughs> to be in there. Yeah. Well, and you know, compared to, um, so in the first ones that we've talked about, you know, with like the quest and overcoming the monster, um, and, uh, rags to riches, usually this third part is where, because the first, the second part, the, the character or the protagonist has succeeded in something, you know, and they've done very well. And then the third part is a failure. This doesn't necessarily have to be a failure. This can just be an introduction to the underlying dark elements of the story, you know, that, uh, that they're put into the, so let's say for instance, you know, your character comes across the red queen, the red queen doesn't have to throw Alice uh, to, you know, to tell her that she's off of the head, you're just introduced that the Red Queen is going through and killing people off in Wonderland. You know, that can be just as scary. Um, and it doesn't have to be a failure like you would find in some of these other ones. Yeah, it's sort of like it's not as sugar-coated as you, you thought it was going to be. And... <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, it makes that, that whole world like more three-dimensional then, doesn't it? It's like, you know, just as you want a character to have a flaw, you know, you don't, you never want anything to be too good. <laughs> uh-huh. One of the ones that I think about, and the, Pinocchio is not, uh, is not completely a voyage in return. I guess it, it, it is in a lot of ways, but there's one, and I'm thinking about the movie, there's one scene in particular, and that's when the they go, uh, when they're in that place um, with the... I, I don't remember what the world is called, but uh, it's where the boys can do whatever it is they want, you know, and they're shooting pool and they're smoking cigars, I think, and doing all this stuff, but then they turn into donkeys, right? And they're having this, you know, it's, it's this amazing place up front and then it becomes dark, you know, towards the middle of it. And it could become very bad if you don't get out of there. And that's going to, that's going to be one of the feelings that the protagonist is going to have at this portion is they might feel a, uh, a pull one way to help this friend, you know, this, this guide that they've come up with, but they're going to feel a even stronger pull that it, yes, I want to get home and I want to be away from this. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of like this, the seed of that pull, isn't it? And, um, you know, the, the reader gets the chance to sort of experience that, oh, you know, it's not what I thought. And, <laughs> you know, it's the same thought that the, the protagonist is having. Yeah. And um, and so, so like, if we, let's take a look. We've, we've talked about other books before, um, like Harry Potter. And why does Harry Potter not fit in this voyage and return? You know, he's, he's entered, he had the, the boring, terrible life. He's entered into this fascinating dream stage. And yes, there is darkness there, but at no part, no point does Harry want to move out of this world. You know, he is, he wants to be there. There's, there's all this great, amazing stuff, you know, and, and his life is better because of the world that he's entered in this kind of story. It's not necessarily true. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I'm just thinking you could maybe like really shoehorn it in <laughs> and say uh-huh. that, you know, like right at the end, spoiler alert, <laughs> and he kind of like throws away the elder one, doesn't he? And he doesn't want to yeah. sort of have that, that huge amount of power anymore. And you know, that's maybe that's like a, a tiny return to like a more normal state, but yeah, he definitely doesn't want out of that world. So, you know, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really class it as that. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's one of the things uh, with the seven plots here, you know, that Christopher uh, Booker wrote about. It's it's helpful for an editor to be able to sit down. And we've talked about this before, but it helps you target your audience. It helps you understand what it is that you're writing. So you can put in those those familiar cues um, so that they can feel comfortable in the story. So that they've got an idea of where the story's going. And then, you know, you can make your changes as necessary to tweak it a little bit but it's a good understanding and a good foundation yeah it's like because when someone goes to say read like chronicles of narnia they they know what they're going to be reading don't they i mean even if they've not sort of you know say they've been living in a wardrobe the whole life (laughs) 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 you know if they look at the cover they read the back and you they know that you know this is something say like my kids are going to like this is going to be you know we're going to go to a magical place we're going to come back you know that they they're kind of like subconsciously aware already of the stages that the story is going to go through, yeah. which is why you can't afford to miss them. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was just thinking there, you know, what if we did a reverse one where the Narnia characters walk into our world, <laughs> you know, this magical place with television and internet and, <laughs> and fast food. And then that they so good. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's one, um, there's like a, I've I've not read sort of like all of Terry Pratchett's works and it's been a while, but in one where um, um, Rincewind goes, um, he ends up kind of like in the 
in our world for a moment he kind of like uh-huh. blips into like uh, onto like an airplane and he's he's in like the the normal world and uh-huh. I, I always like like that idea of of like subverting this plot you know how would like they um the series that's come out lately and it's all the, the fantasy characters in the real world is um, oh the, the television show is yeah. that the one you're talking about um yeah. ever after or no um i i know what you're talking about though uh, and yeah, they're they're bringing all the characters into the real world. Yeah. Oh, when um, or when Thor comes to Earth, you know, in the in the first Thor movie, and he doesn't yeah. get like the customs, and he's like smashing his glass on the floor because he enjoyed his drink and uh-huh. things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so you know, it's funny that we, you know, we think that it's normal, right? You know, and, and they and if you had one of these magical creatures coming into our world, I'm sure that they would want to escape back <laughs> as quickly as they could, get away from all this crazy. <laughs> well, that that shows that it, it you know it could, it's good to highlight the what's magical about these worlds by having the character kind of like break these these rules and customs that obviously they're not aware of um yeah <laughs> and and it really puts him as that outsider doesn't it yeah and um yeah it's kind of like a, an environmental conflict you know it's they're not fitting in they're not they're not from this place and you know that's that's just a way you could you could point that out Mm-hmm. No, that's an excellent idea, you know, and, and so much fun to to put them into those types of situations <laughs> where it's uncomfortable. You know, <laughs> um, as we as we move along, you know, we, we're in this, we're in, we've we've seen the underbelly, the darkness that's there, and now we move to what he calls the nightmare stage, and this is full force on the world, and the protagonists are in great danger, you know, and. Um, You've got dark armies rising up, perhaps, and, and the whole thing, the magic of this world may end up being destroyed because of this uh, entity, this darkness, this monster, whatever it is that uh, that's manifest itself there. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of, you know, the characters go to this, this place and, you know, it's also magical. And it's almost as if they're thinking like, like how doesn't anybody notice like how magical this place is and how cool this is because it's all new to them and they're all in all and then they find out that you know basically everyone's at war or (laughs) (laughs) that it's like really dangerous (laughs) yeah well yeah so well so it would be like let's go back to our reversal there it'd be like uh walking out of a a closet uh in in, somewhere in the middle east you know like maybe in egypt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and here in Cairo, you know, so it's it's uh, it's got a lot of uh, modern amenities. But then all of a sudden, you're like, oh my goodness, everybody is after each other here, you know. And <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> and you're sort of like walking the streets with like a dumb grin on your face, trying to yeah. make friends with everyone. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and they're just, you know, what is with this guy? You know, it doesn't understand anything. <laughs> <at all. laughs> um. And that that, that uh, this this danger though that exists at this point, you know, the protagonist is going to again, you know, f- is going to want to. It, it's either they have to defeat, like this. Let's go back to the Wizard of Oz. You know, they've got to defeat the the witch in order to get home, um, or you know, it's a deal that they have connected with their guide so much that they have to rescue this world from the destruction that this darkness is going to bring upon everyone. Yeah, so like sometimes it isn't just sort of like a an escape. It's like you know I've got to I have to play a a pivotal role in this this new world, but I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, I'm still out as soon as I take care of it. 
Like, as soon as I destroy the evil witch, I'm gone. Peace. <laughs> so what, it's, it's one giant army? Okay. And, and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm done. <laughs> I can only do one then we're the... even. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think that's a good point. You know, the protagonist here um, can often be the hero of this story to destroy this. But not necessarily have to be always, you know, it could be that they, uh, they're that key role to release the hero that's able to destroy this enemy, you know, or that they, they play a pivotal part in it, but they don't necessarily have to be the wielder of the sword, um, which you would definitely have to be in the quest or you definitely have to be in the mo- overcoming the monster. Yeah, it's like we talked about in uh, one of the previous shows, you know, like it had to be Harry that killed Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's just it would be, given. <laughs> it would be so disappointing if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ginny Weasley runs in or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Get some. Um, so, like, uh, one of the things I, I really find a, a, a cool idea with this, and, um, you know, when when they. Uh, excuse me. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it's all gone today, Peter. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is uh, more entertaining, I'd say. <laughs> I, I know. This is, I apologize, listeners at I home. I think you should have to do um, like 20 podcasts before every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so much more interesting, for sure. Oh, I, I got it. I got it. So I have a, a confession, and I, I confessed this on my show the other day. It was late at night. You, you can't completely fault me for it. But uh, I watched Clark the latest. Trans- <laughs> it is. I, I watched the latest Transformer movie. <laughs> oh, and I, I, I know. Which one's that? <laughs> it, uh, um, it's got Mark Wahlberg in it, and the uh, uh, Extinction Event or something like that. Oh, and I don't know if I've seen that one. It, it was on Netflix right now here, and so I was like, ah. and it was. It was like one in the morning, and I started watching it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of good for about the first 30 minutes where there's humans involved and then <laughs> and then the whole story just becomes a, like an hour and a half long battle scene towards the end <laughs> but uh, i'm watching this and it's very disjointed like i don't recommend this i just was committed to uh, at that point i just was going to finish it and so and it's all over the place but one of the things i realized that what's wrong with one of the things that's really wrong with transformers is that it starts off as an overcoming the monster type show. And then at the end, cause you get introduced to these amazing human characters, but you can't emphasize with the robots so well, cause they're, they're very two dimensional. <laughs> and then at the end, all of a sudden it's not the human protagonist, which you did connect with that overcomes and destroys the enemy at the end. It's still the Autobots. It's still the, the robot. And it's just not as fulfilling. You know, like when I got to the end of this one, I was like, I really would like Mark Wahlberg to kick the trash out of this gigantic 50 foot robot. You know, why can't that happen? Yeah. It's, it's almost like you've, you've watched them go through the struggles and the pain and then someone else comes in and steals all the glory. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens. And it can work in the voyage and return. There's so many plots that it can't work in. This is one of the few that it can because the person doesn't want to be there. They're not fully committed to this world. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause sort of in the case of like, I mean, Mark Wahlberg's a pretty committed guy. Yeah. And, you know, he should have, he should have got that victory. <laughs> he should have, you know, it's just unfair. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, that is an interesting, um, sort of feature of this plot that that can be 
it kind of get leaves you a little bit of room there to sort of you know not not be too like black and white with this structure you know it could be you know they could play a, a main role maybe they help someone else maybe it's another you know side character character maybe it's everyone maybe mm -hmm. it's we'll come back in the sequel and do it <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and um but at the end you know we get we get through that frustration uh, stage with the darkness is seeping in and then we do get to the th thrilling escape that's going to happen you know um and at the end the uh, protagonist is going to make it back to the real world and they're going to have a little bit of change but they're just going to be glad to be gone <laughs> you know back <laughs> back to my own bed back to you know uh and everybody was there you were there scarecrow you know <laughs> so and and that's another one of the the tropes that you see in these sometimes the world was completely it, it's a question of whether the world really existed you know, because uh, isn't it uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia, the kids live a, a, a real long life and then they walk back through the closet and all of a sudden they are back to being kids again and they're not sure how to get back to it. Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of like open, isn't it? You know, like, is it like childhood imagination or, mm -hmm. you know, what did they actually go and live like entire lives in another world <laughs> and then yeah. come back? <laughs> yeah and so and it can be a lot of fun this is great i like the idea of the voyage and return it's a great story arc and um it, it has the ability to play with some different things which you don't get as much in some of the other ones if you're going to stick to the core plot yeah i mean like yeah it is like a really vague sort of outline in, in things that you know if, if you're writing your story and you think that it fits this then you know there's only a, a few like crucial bits that you know you, you're going to you're going to want there and the, the rest is is really up to you <laughs> yeah exactly which is really cool you know and so um this is definitely one you know if you haven't played around with this plot um it would be fun to to do that you know and plan out a, a cool story arc that, that that takes advantage of this but uh you might see this you know you might have this is a cool thing about this so like i wasn't exactly sure exactly where Hank Hudson lined up. I knew where Hank Hudson book two lined up. That is overcoming the monster. But Hank Hudson book one, um, it's been fun studying this because I'm like, this is the voyage and return. You know, like magical world, uh, boring, a little bit of a boring life ignored, finds out he's special, uh, gets into this fascinating world, wants to continually, wants to return home to his family, you know, and wants to move back out of this, but then is forced to uh, face against the darkness and face against this and gets this thrilling escape. But then at the end of mine, spoiler alert, you know, not everything works out because I've got two more books to write. <laughs> <laughs> so. And yeah, then that's it. This kind of, this plot does like leave way for a sequel, like perhaps more than some of the others in that, you know, generally you've left this place, but it's, it's, it's still there, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can go back to it, you can revisit it and, or, or maybe they stay for, you know, well, yeah. generally not, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, generally they uh, won't stay, but, uh, but yeah, you know, you can come I mean, back. like, they can stay for, like, say Narnia, they, they can, they stayed, generally stayed, like, for all intents and purposes, and then came back when they were, like, old. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and um, another thing that I really like about this one is that it really opens up a world for different characters. We don't, we don't need Alice to go back to Wonderland. We could have someone else go to Wonderland. We, you know, we could have someone else go to Oz. We, 
it's 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 such a cool world you know that you've built here it is open for other people to come and play in it yeah we'd have to change the posters (laughs) 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 we could do um clark in wonderland that's right clark in wonderland i i wonderland is maybe not one of the places i would like to go to oz I'm not so sure Wonderland is really my thing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get a choice. <laughs> oh man, that's right. You know, it's falling down a hole. I'm in Wonderland. I may, I may end up just hanging out with the caterpillar smoking the hookah all day. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there'd be, uh, there'd be no plot development. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of end. The has to sort of like be down to you, like god <laughs> come on move on drive the plots <laughs> um yeah you know it would be one of those things that definitely the plot would come down and have to pick me up and move me again it, which has happened a couple times <laughs> in my life so you know <laughs> so uh, peter do you have anything else to add on the voyage and return uh i no i don't think we uh we covered it like say you know there's Maybe just the caveat that, you know, we, we cover every time, which is that, you know, you don't need to sort of, you know, be the kind of writer or editor that goes out and follows a set structure like this. You know, these are just tools that, you know, can really help. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you decide if, if it helps you or not. But, you know, that that's what it's there for. And it's this one is like a really, really good one to, to play around with. You know, if you're looking at if you're looking at getting into trying to fit something to a structure or you're you think that yours fits this, then, you know, this, this one's a really fun one. Yeah. Excellent. That's an excellent way to close it. Um, so if you viewers, listeners, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, a like on YouTube or a plus on Google. And if you're an editor who would like to be a guest on the show, drop by the book and drop us a note. I'm Clark Chamberlain and for my co-host, Peter Turley, keep writing, keep learning and build a better book. Thank you for listening and come back next week for more. Please visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books and extras, and for information on how to be a guest on the show.